Hi, and welcome to episode 45 of Walk to Work. Uh, so today I want to talk about cultural appropriation. And I feel I've kind of already done that uh, in uh, several ex- uh, episodes where I talked about uh, what it means to have respect uh, for uh, others' cultures' uh, uh, cultural practices. Um, but I don't think I mentioned the word cultural appropriation very much. Uh, and it's an important one. And topics come up this week uh, because a tap dancer at uh, the Savoy Cup, uh, which is a big uh, Lindy jazz dance uh, event in Europe, um, was uh, took part in a part of it's a, a big competition weekend. Uh, among other things, and took part in this recreating a vintage clip competition. Uh, and I, put, I, I think this poor judgment on the organisers uh, in apparently not giving clearer guidelines to uh, what would and wouldn't be considered appropriate uh, for this competition. Um, and presumably, so the idea was that the clip would be Um, projected behind the dancers as they were dancing uh, and the goal is to be uh, as faithful a reproduction as possible. And I think you can check out some people recreated Hell's a Poppin. Uh, I didn't look at it. Uh, I'm going to assume they did it in good taste. Like there's a lot of very racially coded stuff uh, in uh, in Hell's a Poppin uh, which would not be appropriate for a modern reinterpretation uh, unless all the dancers in that modern re- reinterpretation uh, maybe if they were black and, and those were choices that they were making uh, anywho uh, so uh, this guy Daniel or Daniel um, apparently he's a really good tap dancer uh, there's an extent to which I don't care, but everyone's paying lip service to, oh yes, Daniel, you're a great uh, tap dancer. Uh, let me at least acknowledge this before telling you you're wrong. Uh, so I guess I can do that too. Uh, he decided to recreate uh, an apparently really challenging uh, routine that was performed. The original performance was with gigantic Native American um, headdress by uh, some Greek American uh, dancers back in the 40s, I believe. Maybe it was the 30s. Thereabouts. Uh, and so we, we clearly understand that that's uh, wrong and we shouldn't do an original performance like this today. Uh, and even. And so then Danielle uh, uh, performed one. Uh, his performance was presumably vetted uh, and pre-approved to a certain extent. Um, though maybe the details of it weren't understood. Again, I don't know. I don't, uh, yeah, not going to that. Um, but uh, the uh, organizer, uh, and so he re-performed uh, this, uh, apparently including uh, full headgear because he wanted to get as close as possible uh, to the original. Uh, And there are lots of people um, uh, were were quite uh, surprised 
and the organizers uh, said that they would not be sharing videos or photos of this performance. Um, and so obviously that leads to cries of uh, censure and and you don't do censure in uh, in in France because I think Savoy Cup was in France. You don't do that kind of thing lightly. Uh, so more kind of bad judgment because as soon as someone uh, sees their art censured, they think that it means that it has great value and uh, that it's scary opinions that uh, people can't stand to come to light. Uh, but what else could they do? Like you're not going to post a video of that online. Uh, so. Uh, Daniel then posts this tirade on um, uh, on Facebook, um, where he's uh, sharing his uh, thoughts about cultural appropriation. So the great irony here is, I think his thoughts about cultural appropriation are just not interesting. Um, but I'm sharing my thoughts about cultural appropriation with you. So uh, let's see where, where I get off with that. Um, but yeah, that's my main complaint about his his post. Uh, yeah, he's angry because uh, he did this really uh, complicated routine. Uh, he made an artistic decision that uh, he thought was in spirit of the competition. Um, uh, he won, but uh, he can't share this video with anyone. Uh, or can't even see the video. Um, And so he expresses that anger, but then also expresses, well, basically, no one gets hurt by this. Uh, everyone understands that this is wrong. Uh, you have access to the original clip that looks like this. Uh, having access to me looking like this, there's no problem. Um, and cultural appropriation is a silly concept anyway. Uh, what you're going to do, um, forbid white people from doing anything by people from other cultures uh, like you're a bunch of white people doing Lindy Hop uh, what kind of uh, hypocrites are you to tell me not to do this performance uh, like it was done originally uh, and yeah that's also kind of boring because it's a very straw man argument uh, to, to that's what that's actually what I want to get to yeah so um, Racism. The uh, best definition of racism I've seen is that it involves prejudice and power. And so this is not the dictionary definition of racism because the dictionary de de definition of racism, which is basically the definition of prejudice based uh, on race, um, does not help end racism because it makes it seem like a black person's prejudice based on race is the same kind of racism as a white person's prejudice based on race. Uh, and the, the, the prejudice, the, the racial prejudice is there, but um, the institutional power, the systemic power uh, between uh, the people is different. Uh, and that's uh, an important concept uh, if you are to understand racism. Uh, so yeah, this is not like my opinion, this is uh, common knowledge uh, in most circles uh, that discuss this kind of thing. Uh, but it's already a first stumbling block for people, so if that's a stumbling block for you, you're going to disagree with the rest of what I say. Uh, yes. Uh, next we get to, so uh, different 
uh, race is a social construct, is an entirely invented construct. Um, ethnicity is a bit different, it actually kind of exists, I guess, because people, that's how people uh, identify. And race is kind of slightly more that people are identified as. When uh, you, I walk down the street, people see me as white. Um, and so my lived experience is the lived experience of a white person. Um, ethnicity is slightly different. I don't want, uh, no, I'm not going to get into it because I haven't thought about it enough for today. Um, so, uh, people, because of uh, ethnicity uh, or because of uh, culture and community, uh, people of different races um, often tend to uh, also share different cultures. And so we can take this whole thing and move it from kind of race uh, to uh, culture. Uh, that because culture is strongly correlated with race, um, cultural prejudice and racial prejudice is going to be quite similar. Not similar, it's going to go hand in hand. Uh, and so probably most, thi uh, most cultural practice belong to a culture. Many of these cultural practices uh, are coded uh, as racialized. So, uh, like, uh, hip-hop very, very definitely comes from uh, black Americans. Um, other things kind of come uh, from more complex places. Uh, I guess an example would be country music. Um, country music and country blues uh, were very similar back in the 1910s and 1920s. Uh, and then... Um, uh, race records separated this into black music, which became blues, uh, and white music, which became country. Uh, I don't know much more about that, uh, and I don't know the details of that, but clearly uh, country music has some uh, white influence in it, maybe from the start, but very definitely also has some black influence in it, um, and so it becoming just white uh, is a thing. Um, and so because these cultural practices exist within uh, a global society that has racial hierarchy, uh, it means that you can use these cultural practices as weapons. And this is historically what's happened. Like, to convince someone that they are other, that they're from a lesser race, uh, which is what uh, historically happened until very recently and continues to kind of exist, um, like now we, we put it in nice 21st century concepts, uh, but generally we expect black Americans, uh, black English, uh, black British people to perform less well in school. And we're not very clear about whether we think that's because they're black, whether we think that's because they come from a black community, whether it's because they come from um, a socially impoverished neighborhood or an academically impoverished neighborhood uh, and so we expect them to perform less well academically um, I mean we people do know why this is people from people have studied this but the the general perception uh, of it is strongly racially coded uh, and is uh, centered around the things that you do at home in your black culture are less valuable and that's why you're doing less well in school uh, and there's something inherently racist about that as well. So uh, from the inception through till now, 
coding cultural practices as being a sign that uh, the associated races are inferior has been a tool for um, creating and perpetuating racism. And you see it also like hip hop. People kind of value it because it's cool and interesting, but it's definitely not cool and interesting enough to be considered uh, a high art form. People will compare it to Shakespeare and find it lacking. Uh, people will compare it to classical music and find it lacking. Uh, and those comparisons are, are really it's really important to see where we're placing them. We're not just passing judgment on um, uh, culture in isolation. We're passing judgment in culture correlated with a world uh, where racial um, hierarchies exist. Uh, and we're also doing it in a world where um, class hierarchies exist and other forms uh, of uh, oppressive hierarchies uh, that uh, are... Um, constructed uh, as opposed to innate uh, in some way. But uh, let's just focus on the racial ones for today. Uh, and so that means that when you take someone's culture and repackage it uh, for your own benefit, you're doing several things. One is you're benefiting it from it uh, in a way that other people are not benefiting it from it. And uh, you, by you, I mean someone uh, from uh, a racially privileged background, so someone who's coded as white, uh, or someone who is coded as whiter than someone else. Um, and so you're, you're, you're basically reaping benefits from uh, instead of someone else. Uh, and that happens in a bunch of things. It happens in yoga. Who is reaping benefits from instructing yoga? Uh, it is not the places that yoga comes from. Uh, another thing is, um, and I, again, this is something I talked about before. It's the kind of the 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 the, um, uh, the whitewashing of it. You take if you take the elements that you think are cool of something, but don't take the full something. Uh, yeah, I referred you to my previous podcasts uh, for that. Um, that there's just something uh, inherently. Uh, wrong in it because you're you have access to um, whitewashing that people who is natively from that culture does not because they understand that that whitewashing doesn't make sense and they don't have access to the cultural codes that enable them to understand which way you whitewash a thing. Um, yeah, this is going to turn into a two-part episode, I just noticed. Obviously, it was never going to be a, one, a single episode. Um, and then the, the, the third bit is that you continue uh, to keep the us and themness. If your way of participating in a culture does not include uh, the community that that culture comes from, uh, then you're basically taking something uh, and leaving its originators behind. Um, and there's something inherently uncool about that as well. So, cultural appropriation, uh, taking someone from, so, say, taking something that is not from your culture and having it serve your purposes uh, has these three problems to it. Um, you are not... Um, you are benefiting, whether it's economically or socially, um, or just uh, personally, 
from uh, this thing in a way that the people that the culture originates with uh, is not. Um, you are participating in othering by being able to whitewash uh, this, um, this cultural practice, to transform it to suit your own needs. Um, and you are participating in othering if you feel that you're able to take the cultural practice but not take the community with you. Um, because then it just means that they will move on to other nice things because uh, those nice, the, the, the previous nice things are tainted for them and then you'll just take them all over again. I liken this to someone with more money. You have a restaurant um, which uh, makes really good uh, organic um, food that's prepared with care, tastes delicious. Someone, just because they have more money, is able to convince your landlord uh, to uh, threaten to evict you and so they take over your business. And there's nothing you can do because you don't have enough money to stop them. Uh, you don't even have enough money to pay a lawsuit and the law's not on your side anyways. Um, and then they keep your name on it but they start serving um, uh, food that they bought at discount at McDonald's and are repackaging uh, under your name. Uh, and that, that destroys your reputation, that destroys your vision for your, for your restaurant, uh, and it leaves you high and dry and penniless. And so you create something new, you create a new restaurant because you have this vision, this is the gift that you have to bring to the world, this is what you're here to do, and they just do it all over again. I think um, this is a almost appropriate comparison, which probably has a lot of limits, uh, but kind of speaks to me. like. I, do, I have a vision for what uh, I want to contribute uh, to the world and if someone were to take away that vision um, that would be profoundly traumatic just to me and then you kind of extend that trauma uh, across a whole population and across multiple generations uh, and you maybe get an inkling, the beginning of an inkling, I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I think that the uh, notion of cultural appropriation uh, makes sense. Uh, you have to consider power disparities between cultures um, and you have to um, understand that this is a conversation that's been had. I'm not saying anything new here. Um, I'm just summarizing my understanding of the concept. Uh, and so in the article, Peter, um, Peter, sorry, uh, Daniel, Daniel uh, says um, several things that I, I think are wrong and there's been some discussion on Facebook uh, and lots of uh, people have made arguments that I think are wrong and I don't think they're wrong just because I disagree with them I just think that they're poorly thought out arguments that don't hold water so I guess part two of this is going to be uh, myths or poorly thought out arguments about cultural appropriation and have five or six of those to address. So stay tuned till next time and I will address them. I have a couple of minutes so let me just tease uh, what I plan to address. Uh, what did I write down in my notes here? Ooh, I'm having trouble accessing my notes. There we go. Yeah, okay. So um, there's people who say, oh, this cultural appropriation thing is saying that white people can never do a black thing ever. That's not what cultural appropriation is saying. Um, people feel there's a form of thought police. They see that people are afraid of expressing opinions uh, in support of 
uh, doing cultural appropriation or in support of saying that cultural appropriation is a ridiculous concept. Um, uh, and they conclude from this that there's a policing of thought, thought policing is wrong, uh, therefore the whole notion has to be wrong because people are being censored because of it. Um, I think that's wrong. Uh, people complain about victimization. They say, well, if you make out all black people to be victims, uh, that's um, because uh, they're less empowered on the scale of races, um, then that's just... Uh, disempowering them, how can they possibly get empowerment out of this? Uh, there's uh, the French notion of communautarisme, uh, which, uh, unlike, which is uh, ridiculous, uh, and I want to talk about that. Uh, there's the idea that you can choose to be offended. Uh, many black people and people of color and uh, Native uh, American people on Danielle Stred have explained why this is not choice. Uh, but he's just doubled down and says, yes, it is. Um, go you, way to be listening. Uh, people have claimed that uh, this is how you bring cultures together, which is kind of goes together with the communautarism. Uh, I have thoughts about that. Uh, people have um, been very confused about what happens if you ask a Native American person if you can wear a headdress? What happens if one of them says yes? Can a white person speak on behalf of Native American people and tell you not to wear a headdress? Um, that's an interesting question, but it doesn't have such clear-cut answers. Is the whole Lindy Hop community just a bunch of appropriators anyway? So where do they get off with being hypocrites about um, not wearing Native American headdresses? I'm not sure what they called headdresses. Maybe I should have actually researched that before calling them that. Ah, well. Uh, sorry, I will actually research that before the next podcast. Uh, and then there's finally, and this was relevant also in discussion of Xenia's braids um, last year. Uh, sometimes people from uh, who... Uh, culture happens in a country of origin and then happens in the culture of expatriates or as they would be called uh, when they're not white um, uh, immigrants from that culture. And what uh, is important to understand is often overlooked is if a black person in Africa uh, does not see white people wearing braids uh, as being cultural appropriation that doesn't change that a black person in America will see a white person wearing braids, uh, uh, cornrows more specifically, uh, as uh, uh, all various types of braids. Again, I will actually look into what these things are called. Um, yeah, and the fact that a black person from uh, a country that has a government that has independence, well, as much as you can in Africa, that's quite complicated as well. I don't even know anything about it. Um, them uh, not um, feeling uh, harmed uh, by uh, a white person's behavior does not negate a black person in America feeling harmed. Much in the same way that uh, a Japanese person might be okay with you wearing a kimono uh, in a way that a Japanese American person might not. Oh, that was, yeah, that was almost defending the whole thing. Ah, well, that's a spoiler for next week. Uh, this will be published in a couple of weeks, so I guess the whole thing will have blown over by then and I'll just revive it. Sounds great. I will uh, see you uh, next week. Until then, take care.